the purpose of creation is to reveal the essence of godliness in this physical world. Not just to reveal the light of Hashem that already um, gives each creature its specific uh, life force and character and color and shape, but to reveal the essence of God. And the essence of godliness has to be revealed in this physical world. So yesterday, um, we explained why it's possible for a Jew to have this ability. Like what in us um, has a connection to the essence of the essence of godliness that allows us to um, reveal God's essence in this world. And we proved from the Talmud, we give an example from the Talmud about a situation in which the heavenly court disagreed with, um, so to speak, with Hashem, and Hashem proudly proclaims with our, because of our disagreement, my children were victorious over me. And we explained that the word HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which literally means the Holy One, blessed be He, refers to two, two kinds of godly light. The God's infinite light and God's limited mamalikulam, the God, light of Hashem that is, creates and animates the world. So the source of the Jew is in the essence of God. And because the source of the Jew is in the essence of Hashem, so therefore, um, uh, the halacha follows the ruling of the Jewish court in this world, so much so that God said to all the angels, we need to go down to this world to see what the Jewish court says over here, because, um, because the Jewish court in this world has an advantage over the, uh, the heavenly court, it's the heavenly court is only, you know, uh, various different kinds of revelation of godliness, but the root of the Jew is in the essence of Hashem. That's um, what we learned, and we concluded with a teaching of, of, of Zichem Magad, who adds a component, and I wanted to just explore a little bit what the component of Zichem Magad adds to this. Zichem Magad says that it's not just that we are rooted in God's essence, but it's more. What's the more that he adds? He says, a child is engraved in the image of his father. So, by a human being, your child is born. Once the child is born, then you can talk about the child's image being engraved, engraved in you. Your child's image is, is, is in you. But by Hashem, since the past and the future are the same, so even, if, even uh, before a Jew is born, Hashem is, the image of the Jew is already, is already etched in God's essence. The source of the Jew is in God's essence um, even before he's born. Now, it's obvious that God is beyond time. What is added to the equation by saying that by Hashem, the past and the future are the same? So the answer is like this. In relationship between a child and a father, we learned yesterday that it's possible for a child to surpass the achievements of his father. Why is it possible? It's possible because the child comes from the essence of the father. So while in the father, there may be some uh, manifest uh, faculties and qualities uh, that are leave much to be desired, but the child, the father's essence is is beyond the um, what he has going for him in his conscious physical life. He has the essence of essence of his soul, and because the, the child is rooted in the essence of his father, so therefore. 
the child also um, is able to reveal from that essence more than what the father revealed. The, the son is not just rooted in, in the father, um, and he has some similarity to the father, the way the father is, but the son is rooted in the essence of the father. In the essence of the father, there is no um, specific faculties, just a potential for those faculties. And so therefore the son is able to draw on those, that source and, and to reveal more. But in the analogy of the son and the father, if we're talking about the essence of the father and the root of the son and the essence of the father, we're not talking about the way the son is. We're just talking about the way the son is sourced there. We're not talking about the, the way the son exists as a human being. We're talking about the origin of the son before he exists as a human being. So you don't have that connection <clears throat> to the essence of the father, it would seem, when the son is born as a human being. It, 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 you see that more when you're talking about the origin of the son, not so much when you're talking about the, um, the way the son is as a human being. Conversely, by Hashem, the fact that we're rooted in God's essence is not only when we are some kind of nebulous soul being uh, before we were born. Our connection to God's essence is even as we are physical human beings walking around. The image of the child is engraved in the, in the father's mind. The father can see when the child is, is already born, his image is, is, is engraved in the father. Um, the Magid is, is adding that, that there is a synergistic um, value in the, when we talk about the, the neshama being rooted in God's essence. The, the son, there's a potential in the father to give birth to a child. So the son is rooted in a very deep place in the father. He's rooted in the power of the father's ability to produce an offspring. And that, in that source, there's no existence of any specific faculties of the, of the son. So... That's why we talk about the son surpassing the father, because the son's rooted in the essence of the father. But um, that connection doesn't address the son's the, the way he is naturally in this world. That's just his roots. It, it's 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 so so um, so nebulous. It's so it's so it's so it's so it hasn't been defined. So it doesn't really inform so much about the, what the son's life is like in this world. It's possible, but it doesn't say that it is. The Maggid says more, the Maggid says that the son's image is engraved in the mind of the father. Okay, but in that part, in that, in that, in that, in that um, understanding, we're not talking about his divine source in the essence of the father, we're talking about the father's mind, the way the father thinks about the son. We're not, we're not talking about the um, essence of the father, the essence of the son, we're talking about the way the father thinks about the son. So... We're talking about the way the son's born already as a human being. You don't see so much in that in that sentence. The father has an image of a son engraved in his mind. You don't see so much in that sentence the idea of the essence of the father, the essence of the son, the way he's beyond, uh, the way he is before having the specific faculties he has now alive and as a human being. But by the Abishter, we have both virtues. First of all, the soul is rooted in God's essence. And Hashem doesn't have any definition. Hashem isn't about like a father, which is about having a child. 
a father, Hashem is beyond any, any, any being a source for anything. And the Neshama is rooted in the essence of Hashem, literally. But not only is the source of the sun, not only is the source of the Neshama in God's essence, the Magad adds that even the way we are as human beings in the physical world, our image, our persona, our character, the way we walk around, the way we are physical human beings and wearing the clothing that we're wearing, that's engraved in God's essence. That's part of it. By Hashem, the past and the future are one. So by the father, he doesn't have a connection to the, his son's persona in the same way that he does to his son's soul. But by Hashem, Hashem's connection to us is not only in our root, in our source, in our, in our nebulous existence before coming to the world, but the Eibisher, for him the past and the future are the same, so that for him the, the our persona and living in the physical world is rooted in God's essence even before we exist. So that, when we talk about God's essence, we're also talking about us aligned as human beings today. And that's rooted in God's essence, which really is, 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 uh, opens up a whole um, different understanding to this idea. When we talk about souls rooted in God's essence, we don't we necessarily associate that with ourselves. We don't associate that, that with some kind of, kind of divine, uh, you know, so, some kind of divine thing that we may have had once. Like when back when, when there were dinosaurs, there were souls kind of thing, you know? There was a Jew who um, claimed to have a, uh, a special um, connection to, um, uh, to knowing various incantations and things to affect physical phenomena in the world. So he said, whenever a dog is chasing me, I can just say this verse in the Torah and boom, the dog will be tamed instantaneously. And uh, lo and behold, this man is chased by a dog, and he recites the verse, he recites the verse, and he said that it had this, this, this special power, and it doesn't work. They asked him, hey, don't you, didn't you say that you're, you're the guy, that you could do this? He says, yes, but the dogs don't know the meaning of this, of this verse. So when we talk about the divine root of the soul, we can think, okay, that's the divine root of the soul. It's like someone was telling me, he asked me the other day, someone asked me actually asked this question. Someone asked, it says this in Tanya, but leaving that aside, is that, how, does that, how does it really work? <laughs> it says in Tanya, as Hasidim saying, you learn Tanya, you have to learn Tanya like learning the code of Jewish law. Learning like something which is practical for you to know right now in this world. It's not something which is just some, some deep, higher kind of information. It's not just something that, that that's... Um, you know, some like the Rebbe Rashab once said, people learn Tanya like dogs howling at the moon. They don't feel it has any relevance to their life. Like, wow, the moon is far, far away from me. So when we learn um, about the divine origin of the soul, we have to be conscious that we're not talking about something that's not connected to us. This is how we are as human beings. That's what the Magad is adding. And that's why when we talk about um, drawing in God's essence the physical world, we're not talking about some holy people on some island. We're talking about us. Okay, continuing on this theme, in the section 5 of the mind, whatever continues. Um, this is the meaning of what the Alt Rebbe says about God blowing into man a spirit of life. God blew into his nostrils, the Torah says. A, spirit, a soul of life. So the Alt Rebbe says that the word blowing is associated with force. Blowing is associated with force. Why is it necessary to blow with force why is necessary there to be force in the in the emergence of the soul into a body? 
from its divine, divine source. This is because the divine source of the soul is in what's called Helem Ha'ashmi. Helem Ha'ashmi means, as we're going to discuss in a second, something which is so hidden that it is as if it does not exist. Helem Sheim Messias. Language of Chassidus is there is something which is hidden that is not yet in existence. What does that mean? So, the classic analogy is the difference, the distinction between uh, the potential for wood to create fire versus the potential for a flintstone to create fire. A wood is able to produce, create fire, that's true. Um, but when wood is put into water, so then wood doesn't have the potential anymore. The water is able to affect the wood's potential because, precisely because, the wood has already, right now, a manifest potential to create the fire. Versus a flintstone, even if the flintstone would be in submerged in water for a thousand years, you take the flintstone out of the water, and immediately you could strike the flintstone and a spark comes out. Why is that? Because the, the uh, potential for fire in the flintstone is not yet some, it's not a thing that could be extinguished. By the wood, there's already some kind of thinginess to the wood's potential to produce fire. And therefore, that thinginess, that potential could be extinguished, that's affected by the water. However, when we're talking about the Flintstone, since there is nothing, there's no potential that already has some kind of a form, therefore, it, uh, it's not affected, it can't be, can't be extinguished either. Conversely, if you were to try to produce wood, from, a fire from the wood, you don't have to strike the wood, you just light the wood. But to produce fire from the flintstone, you have to strike it. Why is striking necessary? This is because the what you're trying to do is, is to draw forth something which is very hidden, something which is not yet in the realm of existence. So because what you're trying to draw forth is something which is not in the realm of existence, therefore there has to be more of an effort to draw it forth. When we're talking about wood, which wood has the potential to produce fire, so then you don't need a, you don't need a strong force to bring it out, and it's possibly it's possible to be, to be extinguished easily. You put the wood in water, and the wood can no longer produce fire. However, talking about the flintstone, so two things. Number one, the flintstone's ability to produce fire is not extinguished by the water, and conversely. To, be, to bring out its potential requires a uh, heroic intervention. You have to strike it to bring out the fire. So in a similar way, when we talk about the divine source of the soul, the language uses its helm she'enim There are some things that we have in ourselves which are hidden, but they're not um, non-existent, even in ourselves. They're, they're a consciousness that we're well aware of. For example... Uh, there's a famous story, I don't know the origin of the story, but um, the story's been repeated many times about this man came to the Rebbe, and he asked the Rebbe, so what do you do here? A little bit of an arrogant guy. And he asked the Rebbe, his first time visiting the Rebbe, so what do you do here? So the Rebbe says, I, uh, I make friends. So the guy's like, well, I have friends too. So what's unique about your friends? So the Rebbe says, describe to me your relationship with your friends. So he says, well... I go to their mitzvahs, they go to my mitzvahs, we, tell, we celebrate each other's um, happy occasions, and we're there for each other, and on, 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 um, we play golf together, and we play racquetball together. 
So, Ebbe said, that those aren't really friends. A friend is someone you trust. Someone you're able to share something that is a dark secret that you don't want to share with other people. But even a friend is someone um, that you may share only some things with. And then you have a different kind of friend. You're able to share even those things that um, you wouldn't want to share with anybody except for yourself. But as such a close friend, you trust, trust them so much, you're able to share everything with that friend. And that, Rebbe says, is the kind of friends that he wants to create. Um, that, that's the kind of friends that he, he wants to make. So, in this analogy, there are, there are things which, which are in us that are hidden, but we're aware of. But there are some things which are hidden within us that we're not even like really conscious that they're, that they're there. They're not just hidden from others. Even for ourselves, they're, so to speak, like not, 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 not in existence. What does that mean? We talk about the source of a child in his father. Um, the divine source of the child and the father, I mean, that divine, the source of the child and the father is called Helm Sheyashem It's something which is hidden, but already exists. Because a father is a father. So the, the language Chsiz uses about a son and a father is that the son comes from the father. He comes from a place in the father that has relationship to the, to, to, to the son. There is something in father that is about son. There's a relationship there um, before the son exists. The, the father has the potential to have a child, and the son comes from that potential. But the, the reason why the emergence of the soul from God is called, in the language of the Alter Rebbe, a force, it's with force, it's with a blow. When you blow air, you, for, you, you, have to, you use force to protect, to protect that air. The reason why there's a need to use force is because, as the Maggid says, that the source of a Jew is not in Hashem as a father of a child, in, in, in a place which, which is, leaves room for existence of something else. Our source is not in God as a creator of the world. Our source is not in God as He is a father of children. Our source is in the essence of God, in the, way, in the, in the place of godliness, the essence of God literally, which is not, not a source for anything, which is beyond being a source for anything. So our existence there, in the essence of godliness, is um, in God's essence, all there is is Him. All there is is Hashem. There's nothing else besides Hashem. So our existence in our source is like the fire in the Flintstone where there's nothing that yet exists in, in the Flintstone. Unlike in the wood, where there's already a potential for fire in the wood if we could extinguish it, and if it doesn't require heroic intervention to bring out the, the, the fire from the wood, in the Flintstone it's not yet a thing, and therefore requires a, a, a striking it to bring it out. So too, when we talk about the divine origin of Neshama in Hashem's essence, what is there in Hashem's essence? Are there more than one thing in His essence? His essence is pure, His essence is simple. His essence is, is indivisible. You can't talk about components in His essence. So there's not yet a, any existence of a soul in God's essence. Rather, all there is is His essence. But it's possible to bring out from His essence, from this deep root, from this deep core of Hashem, the essence of God, it's possible for there, for there to emerge a new existence of soul. But the new existence is something which is brand new. It's not like when the son and the father, where the son already has some existence in the father, some potential for his existence in the father. The place that a Jew is rooted in God's essence is not a place where there's a thing yet. All there is is him. 
It's how Moshe'inim would see us. In, in the analogy that I gave about the, about the Rebbe and the Rebbe making friends, even the things that you know about, you don't want to show to any other people, it's, 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 still, it's still a thing. It's still something you're conscious of. Then there are some things you're unable to project because, because it's, it's not possible to project. It's, it's your very core. The neshama is rooted in the very core of God. And therefore, for the neshama to emerge from the core, from the essence of God, it, it, it's the altar says it's, it's, it requires a force. It's something which is brand new. It's not just like you have to reveal something. To, to, to bring out fire from a coal, not to use force, but to bring out fire from a flintstone, there's a need for force because it's something brand new which is emerging. There was no existence yet when the soul was rooted in God's essence. All there is is Him. Let me just paraphrase this from the Hebrew. You could explain that this is the meaning of the Alter Rebbe's words about God blowing into man a soul of life. Alter Rebbe says that this is that, that Hashem, so to speak, blew with force. The reason it needs to be blowing with force is because the source of the soul is from the essence of God, which is hidden. It's hidden in a way that does not yet exist. And to draw down something from a place which does not yet exist is through an effort. Because it's known in order, that when you want to draw down something from a place which already exists, when you want to reveal something which is already, which is hidden, but already, but still exists already, you don't need to have any force. For example, a flame which is within a coal. Since even within the coal there is fire, it's only the fire is not yet exposed and revealed. The fire still exists, but it's not revealed. So to produce the flame from the fire, there's not any effort. However, when you want to produce something from a place which is not just it's hidden, it is not yet in the realm of existence at all, to produce something from there, from a place which does not yet exist, is through, is through an effort. For example, to produce fire from a flintstone, since the fire in the flintstone is in a state of hiddenness, which is not it's hidden in a way that does not yet exist. Therefore, you cannot produce the fire in any other way Without, unless you strike it, it has to be a force, it has to be an effort. As Eber Hashab explains in many discourses, and that's the meaning of the Alter Rebbe's words, that the blowing of the spirit of life into Adam's nostrils was with force, since the root of souls is in, from the essence of Hashem, which is in a place which is beyond existence, therefore, to draw down from there is through force. And because we are rooted in God's essence, that's why we're able to bring into the world the essence of God. That's why it's possible for us to bring God's essence into the world. That's where we come from. In, in, the, in the parentheses over here, it mentions how tshuva means to return to your divine source. The language of the Torah is to return to God who gave you the soul. Says the Talmud, there's a difference between giving someone a gift or selling them something. When you sell someone something, so then the sale is commensurate to um, the uh, item that's being sold. And therefore, if we have a question of what is included in the sale, we look at the amount of money that was given. But when you give someone a gift and you want to know where is the demarcation of what was given and what was not given, the assumption is that more was given. Because when you give someone a gift, you give more. You give with kindness. You're not so specific. So you said, I'm giving you the house, you probably included also the back house. You probably included the front yard and the backyard and many, many more things. So when it says that the soul returns to God, the, the language of the Torah is, the soul re- returns to God who gave us the soul. 
So it says that God gave us the soul. Therefore, the Rebbe says, when you give someone something as a gift, you give it a good eye. What does that mean? That God doesn't just give us, you know, God gives us from his very essence. Then the soul comes from the essence of God, and that's why it's possible for a soul to be in this physical world and to draw down in this physical world from the essence of God. I just want to uh, start off the next subject, and we'll continue with Shem tomorrow, because today happens to be the 25th day of Elul. And we learned earlier in the discourse that the word 20, the number 25 is associated with something which isn't clear. So says the Hashem, say the prophets. Something like this God says. It's not so clear exactly what God says. It's something like this. So the 25th day of Elul is a day when there wasn't a full revelation yet. When was there a full revelation? When God created man. So the kind of impact that God wants man to have is that man should be rooted in a world of 25. Man should be in a place of 25, in a place which is not a clear revelation of godliness. And in that place, he should bring down the essence of godliness. That's the role of the purpose of the why Hashem is in this world. And that's why Hashem married the soul to the body. The soul is connected to the essence of godliness. And the body is also created by God's hands. Just like Adam was created by God's hands, but at a lower level. And the fusion of the soul and the body is meant so that we could reveal godliness in ourselves and through this reveal godliness in the world. Hashem wants there to be a revelation of His essence in a world that is not a place of revelation. To reveal the essence of God in a place of concealment, in a place of koi. And uh, happy birthday world. Today's day the world was born. Today's the day God's allowed to be light. Let's make sure today's day of light by adding in simcha and natzlachan and bracha and whatever we're doing. Kind. A great day. Amen. Oh, Yeshua Emmet, have a happy birthday, Yeshua Emmet.